in chapter 8. And I just love the way that he describes him. Because in his description, a lot of times we'll see the descriptions of the Lord talked about how he, how he looks, what he looks like. But in Ezekiel's description of the Lord, said that he looked upon him and he just like he saw fire. And, and above from the waist up. It was just like fire. Some say like, like the color of amber. Just like hot metal some scriptures, some versions say. And he said, I just, I just looked upon him and it was like brightness. You can just see him struggling with the words to even comprehend the glory and majesty of our God. It's something to come into worship like that and experience His presence. And it's something about the closer that we get in worship, the less words we have to say because we say just, wow, wow, God, You are awesome. You are great and we magnify Your name. Hallelujah. 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 Father, we just worship You this evening. God, I thank You for Your presence, Father. God, I thank You for Your Word and Your direction. Lord, I just ask that You would continue to pour out Your Spirit this evening. Lord, that You would allow Your Word to do exactly what it's supposed to do, God. And cut between the soul and the spirit, between the bone and the marrow, Father. Lord, be with us tonight. We love you, Lord, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we just give another clap offering of praise to the Lord? Hallelujah. Jesus, you are good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm ready for some word tonight, are you? Amen. Amen. I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, and uh, we're going to be looking at uh, verses 1 through 3. Luke chapter 9, verses 1 through 3. I had Miss uh, Leah create a background that, I, that you might have already got a glimpse of, but uh, um, yeah, there we go. Thank you, John. Um, but we'll get to the reason why I've got a, a tool belt there here in a minute. But God showed me something the past couple of weeks um, that I'm going to, I really want our church, I believe that it is time that uh, we hear this word as well, because I believe we're stepping into some new seasons, and I believe that God is equipping us for to do all the good works in Him. Amen? And so tonight I want to talk about the equipping. The equipping. We're going to read in Luke chapter 9, starting in verse 1. The scripture says this, then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said to them, Take nothing for your journey, neither staffs, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics apiece. If you read this whole uh, chapter 9 here, you're going to find that 
uh, in this chapter, uh, one of the, uh, the great stories that we read about, about the feeding of the 5,000. But there's an interesting uh, passage of Scripture that we just read there in verses 1 through 3, that there was this uh, equipping that took place, there was this gathering that took place of the 12 disciples with Jesus before this feeding of the 5,000 happened. So let me just first say, I think there's a reason that that came first. Because in order for the church to be uh, effective and advance the kingdom, for the 5,000 to be fed, Jesus is going to equip those that are in his circle, his disciples, his followers, those that are showing up to church on Wednesday night. Can I give an amen? So there was this moment where these disciples were equipped and Jesus gave them power and authority over the demons to be able to heal. And he said, go now and preach the gospel. And they went out to their different cities and things. So I want to talk about this moment of the equipping. Now, each one of the disciples, if we read through the Gospels and kind of how they were called out, we've, you know, we've probably heard that preached before, but man, what a powerful word about how the disciples were called to be with Jesus. Um, if you think about, uh, I just love si uh, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew, the fisherman, where Jesus told them, he said, hey, follow me and I'm going to make you fishers of men. I think if I would have heard that, I would have been like, what? <laughs> Fishers of men, what are you talking about? But instead, they left everything to follow Jesus. They, he looked at uh, Matthew and Levi the, and at the tax collector booth, and all he said was, follow me. And they left, and they followed him. So they, they decided that Jesus was more important, one, than everything that they had at that point, um, but also, they weren't even given like any stipulations about what he had in store for them. He, they just know about, oh, that's, okay, Jesus is calling me. It would have been something if Jesus would have said, all right, guys, listen, uh, I'd like you to come with me. Um, here in a few months, you're going to see some uh, water turn to wine. You're going to see um, some miracles happen. You'll see dead race. Oh, yeah. Hey, Peter, you're going to walk on water, by the way, just so you know. And you're going to see me calm the whole storm. All right? It's going to be some, some awesome thing. But they didn't hear about this stuff. Jesus didn't give them a list and say, hey, this stuff is about to happen. He just said, follow me. That's the, that's the point in our commitment where we don't just seek the hand of God, but we seek God's face. We don't just seek His blessings or what He can give us or what, you know, oh God, I, I know God can, can prosper me. I know God can help me out with things. I know God can heal, heal me. But it's not about those things that I love about God. It's just because He is God. And so I don't seek His hand. I seek His face. And so the disciples, they didn't hear about everything that's about to come. They just heard, follow me, and they left everything and they followed Jesus. Another thing that I love is that there was no really uh, a stipulation to uh, who Jesus called out to. We know that they were just you know, pretty much just common men. They were just you know, fishermen, tax collectors. They were just common people. Um, it wasn't like, I don't know if some of your all's jobs are, are like mine, but uh, at my job, they had like, all right, they, they got you on board. And then they said, okay, in 90 days we're going to do an evaluation. And basically, if we like you, you stay. If, you're, if we don't like you, you're out of here. <laughs> 
And Jesus didn't turn to him and say, hey, listen, there's going to be an evaluation now. I, I've gotten your resume. There's going to be an evaluation in 90 days. See how you're keeping up with me. No, that's not what he, what he did. No, Jesus chose out his 12 because, let me tell you, Jesus uh, doesn't, how should I say, call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Amen? Amen. He looks, he, he looks, actually, uh, the Lord loves to use those who are weak and, and small and, and what we think is frail in the world's eyes because whenever he lifts them up, it's all by his wisdom, it's all by his strength, and the, and the world sees that, that it's not a man, but it's God uh, using him. So, praise the Lord. Uh, so, so, that was their calling that happened that, we, that we've you know, heard preached before, but then there was this moment, and we can also talk about the moment on Pentecost uh, when they were equipped by the Holy Spirit, but in this moment in Luke chapter 9, Jesus comes to his disciples, he gathers up the twelve, and he equips them with power and authority over demons to be able to cure diseases, and he says, go and now preach. He gave them a supernatural equipping. Not something what you would think about, because the scripture goes on and says, listen, uh, you know, I don't want you to take anything for this journey either. You would think if he was about to send them out to preach uh, to world standards, we would have started setting them up with all the things they need. We would have given them the best pamphlet about the church of God there was, you know what I mean, and sent them out. Or, or, or we would have set them up and said, hey, I got a bag for you, a piece, good luck, here's a tent, here's a bag, here's the staff that you need. But no, Jesus said, listen, I don't want you to bring that, that. I don't even want you to bring two tunics apiece. All right, just one set of clothes for everybody. All right, you're going to be taken care of because it's not about the, the worldly things. I'm not giving you that. I'm equipping you supernaturally. I'm giving you power and authority. Church, let me tell you, right now, you cannot be just equipped worldly. You need to be equipped supernaturally by God. An encounter with Him where He gives you power and authority. That's what's going to make you make an impact and advance the kingdom of God. So we need a supernatural healing. Ephesians talks about how we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, against principalities and powers. It's, it's, the, it's the spiritual warfare. It's not... It's not the thing. It's not the people out here that we hear about all this stuff. It's the it's the spirits. It's the spirits. It's a spiritual warfare. It's a battle of the flesh, a battle of your own, and battle of other people's. <laughs> and and it's a it's a spiritual warfare going on. So if we want to fight this spiritual warfare, it's not going to be about how much money we have or how much time we have. Even it's not about those things, but it's about being supernaturally equipped by God to be able to fight this spiritual. Warfare. So I, I look at their calling, the disciples, and then I see this moment of equipping. And I think about our calling and our equipping that the Lord brings us to. First off, let me tell you, you are called. Amen. Amen. You are called. In that great commission where Jesus said, go and, and preach to all the ends of the earth, let me tell you, that wasn't just to the preachers. That was to everybody. You are called. He knew you before you were even formed in your mother's womb. God already predestined you. He knows you. He's got a purpose 
for you. John 15, 16 says, You did not choose me, Jesus is talking here, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Jesus says, you didn't choose me. I chose you. Praise God. Isaiah 43 verse 1 says, But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Hallelujah. God called you. And he didn't just call you. He called you by name. Calvin, he called you by name. Brother Romy, he called you by name. Pastor Ron, I can see it, brother. He called you by name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He called you by name. You weren't just some random pick. So when the world tries, I tell my teens all the time, when the world tries to tell that you are just worthless, let me tell you, God personally chose you. And I thank God so much for the calling that He gives to us. I thank Him that He chose me, that He had a purpose for me, that despite what my resume was or despite the things that I have done, God still chose me. Hallelujah. And just as the disciples were called, there came this moment where Jesus equipped them. Church, there should be a moment where God equips you. When yes, you stepped into a relationship with Him, but now there's more that God wants to give you. That's why the baptism of the Holy Spirit is so important because it's that moment that I believe that's when the equipping starts happening. Because just on the day of Pentecost said, listen, you're going to have to wait there till the Holy Spirit meets you and there's going to be power come through you. Then you go out and you preach. That's when the church got set ablaze. And so that's why it's so important. So let me tell you first, if you haven't been baptized in the Holy Ghost, start praying about it. Start seeking the Lord. Say, God, baptize me in your spirit. I want to make an impact for the kingdom. God, and, and just engulf me in your love. Engulf me in your presence, Lord. Take me in, Father. This life is yours. Hallelujah. And it's at that baptism of the Holy Spirit that I believe that is the experience, the moment, that's, the, that's where the equipping starts going on. That's where you're filled with power and authority, just as the disciples were, to cast out demons and to begin to uh, pray over people and they would receive a healing. That's when you're supposed to go and preach now. I will tell you, when I was 17 years old, I felt the, felt the call to preach. That was before I came here. But when I was 19 years old, I stood right there and, and Pastor Ron was praying over me. And I was baptized in the Holy Ghost that day. And let me tell you something. I went from being a young motivational speaker that knew something about the Bible to a Holy Ghost power and anointed preacher who was filled with authority. And it doesn't matter your age, but when you're directed by God, His Word will never turn void and His Word is powerful. Hallelujah. 
God equips us. I begin to study some of the scriptures and I, I, brought, I brought some to you, John, to bring up. I want you to bring up 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. One of the first things that I want to talk about that if you want to walk in this life where God equips you for what's coming next, the first thing that I want you to remember is that you have got to be in His Word. Verse 16 says, All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Church, that word is your sword. Don't go into battle without it. These are your words of your Father. Hide them, treasure them in your heart. Hold on to them. Spend time in His Word. Don't expect to, to go out and minister to someone when you don't know God's Word. His Word is important. His Word for correction, it builds me up. It shows me. It's like looking into uh, the perfect mirror. Because let me tell you something. It shows you all the flaws you got, but it shows you how to get cleaned up until God's satisfied, okay? So, <laughs> yeah. So, so the Word is going to, uh, it's going to work on you. Smith Wigglesworth said it like this. He said, listen, consume the Word so much until the Word consumes you. Consume the Word so much until the Word consumes you. Because it's not about, man, and, and we want to take Scriptures out and try to fit them to our life, but let me tell you, it should be the other way around. It should be our life fit into the Scriptures because God shapes us and molds us. We are just the clay in the hands of the potter, and He's making something beautiful. That's what, that's what our destiny is. That's when God equips us the way He wants to. So the Word is important. In Psalm 119, it talks about how the Word is a lamp for my feet and a light unto my path. How could I walk around without it? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. John, pull up now for me Hebrews 13, 20 and 21. The scripture says this, Now may the God of peace, whom brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do His will, working in you what is well-pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord equips you. The Lord gets you ready to do His good work. He doesn't, He's not someone that starts and just kind of fades away. No, He starts and He's going to finish you, the good work in you. So spending time with the Lord, being in His presence, whether that's through prayer, because yes, my God, He hears our prayers, amen. Also in praise, because He inhabits our praises. So the more time that I spend with God, He begins to keep working on me and keep that good work stirring me up so that I can complete every good work that is in His will. God equips you. So don't forsake the Word. Don't forsake His presence. Spend time with the Lord. Read His Word. And God will equip you. 
I want to share with you now why I put a tool belt on here. Because I had, I had one of those honey-to-do projects. Anybody give me an amen there? <laughs> I had one of those honey-to-do projects the last couple weeks. Oh, oh, this is a big one. <laughs> she said just that one. Uh, she gives, she's a list maker, okay? She's a list maker. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but I had, a, I had a big honey-to-do project the last couple weeks. And um, it was uh, replacing some. Now, I know I'm going to regret this because I don't want to be um, called to any of your houses to work on your floor. <laughs> I'm going to say that I put in hardwood floors, but I'm not going to say that I did it well. <laughs> but the last couple of weeks, I've been putting in some, some hardwood floors for us, taking out some old uh, nasty carpet uh, that was in there probably since the 60s. But... <laughs> But anyways, as I started going through this project, um, if you ever put down hardwood floor, like it's, uh, you know, you got to do one piece at a time. You got to measure whatever you need for, you know, once you get to the wall, you got to go out and you got to cut again. So it's a lot of going back and forth and things, just one piece at a time. Well, I noticed something that uh, I was getting so mad because I'd get outside to go saw the next piece of wood, and then I'd realize that, oh, my tape measure I left back in the bedroom then I got to get up and I got to go get a tape measure and then bring it back and then I'd get mad again and think oh my pencil's back there I gotta go get my pencil and I go back oh my hammer's back I don't know and I'm going back and forth back and forth back and forth and so by the time I get to the last bedroom I made a decision to invest in a tool belt to invest in a tool belt because I, I then tried to put it in all my pockets, and I couldn't quite uh, fit everything in there. I mean, I was still having trouble forgetting everything. And so then I invested in a tool belt. And God taught me something during that. God said, listen, I want you to start investing in a supernatural tool belt. I want you to start Spending time with me and in my word to where I equip you so that no matter what room you walk in or new place that you go, you are ready when you get there. Church, if you're with me, I'm tired of going to work with anxiety in me because I'm unsure of what's about to happen when I get there. But let me tell you, if we're equipped by God, Everywhere that we go, we are ready to do whatever He needs us to do. It doesn't matter what happens to you at the workplace. It doesn't matter who you're supposed to minister to. Whatever you come to, God has equipped you. And so you don't have to worry about, oh, I'm, I don't know what to say or I don't know what to, if I need to share a scripture, I don't know what word of encouragement. Let me tell you, you spend time with the Lord and in His Word and He begins to equip you. Have you ever been to those moments where it's like, man, God just told you to talk to somebody and uh, uh, you begin to uh, just share a scripture that you just read like yesterday and it, God just lined it up so so well for you and that's exactly what he wanted you to say because my God has the perfect timing let me tell you and God is going to equip you he is going to make you ready for whatever you walk into 
So you don't have to be fearful. You don't have to be anxious because God is going to be ready for you. He's all ready there. And just as I can remember those times where God, he equipped me and he, was, he knew exactly what he was doing. Let me tell you, if there were times where I hadn't been doing what I was supposed to and I fell flat on my face, it's because I wasn't spending time with the Lord and allowing Him to equip me. When God, when God doesn't, you know, if you haven't spent that time to be supernaturally equipped, that's when you're muffling around trying to, uh, oh, oh, I'm supposed to minister this, but what am I supposed to say? Or relationships kind of start falling apart or you start to get stressed out or you start to get anxious but it's in those times where the Lord's been equipping you and you've been in praise and you've been in prayer and you've been in His Word and it's just something about it that He equips you with power and authority where no matter where you go to you are ready Church, I believe that we are stepping into some new seasons, some new places, some new people to minister to. As we've already been speaking, that there is going to be more conversions this year in this house than I think we've ever seen before. We speak that. We believe that, Father. So let me tell you start being equipped. Be ready. Be ready. Be ready. Be ready. And everywhere that you go, God is already going to be there and He's going to have you just rightly equipped. He's going to have you ready. Praise God. I'm excited for what He's about to do for our church, for our community, for the great revival to come. But church, before the 5,000 were fed, Jesus called in His 12 and He said, Listen, I've got to equip you first. So right now, press in. Press in close to Him. God, equip me. Equip me, Lord. God, baptize me in Your Holy Spirit. Lord, give me power and authority, not by my own wisdom or own strength. But God, let all the world see that it is You in me. Father, let me decrease and You Increase. Father, begin to equip us. Father God, Lord, you are taking us to new places and deeper waters of worship. Father, I just pray that we be a people who presses, who presses into You, Father. Keeps our eyes on You, Lord. In a world of chaos, Lord, we look to You as our strong tower. God, begin to equip us, Father, for Your good works, for Your will. Give us power and authority only from You, Father. God, and we're not seeking your hand. We're seeking your face. 
We're not seeking your hand or what you can give us, God, and we're not even taking two tunics for the trip. But God, we just need your power and authority. Stand with me. If you all will do that, show me your glory again. Come on, we're going to end the way the church to God, church of God ends with a song. Come on now. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I want, I want us to sing this song. I thought about how, how God, how would you want to end your word tonight? How would you want this sermon to end, Lord? Well, I think it's something to where I want us to sing this song about show me your glory. And right now in your worship, I just want you to step into the presence of the Lord. And make the commitment tonight. Say, God, God, I'm, I'm not going back the other way. God, I'm not bringing along with me my own things or my, my wisdom or my strength. God, I'm only going to take what you give me. Your power, your authority, Father. Lord, I press into you. God, begin to equip your people this evening.